Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. I want to thank you for joining us. This is, of course, Sexposure. We are uh, turning Exposure into Sexposure tonight, as we do at the first Tuesday of every month. And, of course, I'm joined by Olin's fantastic health t- health center team. Is that a, a fair uh, way to, to refer to you guys? Sure. All right. Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and go around the table here. And introduce yourself to everybody. We'll start with you, Dr. We're the down there team. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's an off-camera joke, but this is Dr. D. Hi, this is Erin. This is Christy. And I'm Andrew. And, of course, if you're new to Sexposure, this is uh, our chance to talk about all the uh, sexual health-related issues facing MSU's campus and the student body. So, uh, of course, later on, of course, we'll be giving away some uh, some prize packs courtesy of Olin Health Center. Uh, and we'll be uh, giving them away through the uh, question of the day. Always... Uh, it was a fun way to get some, some callers coming in. Of course, we'll give you the number now. It's 432-3893. Uh, feel free to give us a call if you've got an answer to our question, if you've got comments, questions about sexual health, any of that stuff. So uh, I just want to start off letting you know about that. So, uh, Dr. D, do we have a question of the day? Well, actually, I think I'll let Christy do her question first, and then oh. when we get okay. into the discussion, we'll do, do the question. Because my question is more about thinking you have to write down and figure out in your mind questions. So you, you do yours first. All right. Okay. So my question of the day is what percent of MSU students have not had sex in the past month? This is vaginal sex only. Okay. In the past month. Have not had sex. Oh, in the you past didn't month. say vaginal sex. You oh, said that's sex. True. Oh, okay. Yeah, vaginal sex. That's, that's cool. We'll take that. We'll take All that. Sexual intercourse. Yes. Yeah. So again, uh, the number for that four three two three eighty nine three. Giving away uh, some some uh, prize packs, uh, courtesy of Olin, including what uh, condoms? Well, we got flavored lube. We even we even for Christmas we even have the mint flavored lube, don't we? We do. It's uh, tasty. Ooh. Mint flavored lube. <laughs> Put a little in coffee in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Not something you expect to stand under the mistletoe. I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> we have the eggnog loop. The eggnog loop. <laughs> the, the possibilities are, are, are limitless. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Actually. But this is this is our 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 show where we talk about relationships. Yes, the theme yes. for tonight is relationships. I know, and it seems that all we've talked about lately. I don't know where I, wherever I've been in talking with people. It just seems that. That month where you talk about relationships, those that you're in, those that you got to go back to, mm-hmm. uh, those that you may have had in high school and now you're going back to and you're wondering uh, what's going to happen when you see them, or going back to your family and the relationships you created with your family. But uh, it's all about relationships, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is. This is true. So we want you to call in and, and, and tell us about that, but give us your answer to Christy's question. What percentage of MSU students did not have vaginal sex right. last month. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the okay. last in the 30 days. In the last 30 yeah. days. Yeah. Okay. And that prize pack, we'll sweeten that too. I mean, it's already sweet. Well, with the lube and all. Yeah, yeah. with the lube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll even throw in that complimentary pass to Douglas J., which allows you a complimentary massage, massage or makeup session because you want to look nice when you go home. Of course. <laughs> or not. <laughs> If you're not in a relationship, that's a good way to get into one, I suppose. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because a lot of people are have anxiety about going home, especially, you know, you've seen some freshmen lately who are really anxious about going home, you know, because now they're now they're a Spartan and they're going home and, and they have relationships in high school or they, or they may still have a relationship back there. Uh, we don't know how it's going, but they may have one back there. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, 
It's going to be difficult. Well, it's a lot. And, you know, in the state news today on the front page, it was surviving the holidays. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and um, I just I cracked up because I see this every single year. And, you know, around December, it's finals. The holidays are coming. You're, you know, ending the semester, going home for a few weeks. And it can be a stressful time, whether it's relationships at home that are stressors or the grades here that are stressors. Um, so there are a lot of things going on for people at, at this time that, May occur other times, but it's heightened sometimes because of the media too, because they have this sure. this big hype about the holidays. But um, you know, I think when you head so quickly into finals and the holiday season, it all kind of comes at you at a time when you may be ending relationships or starting new relationships. It's kind of a, a struggle. So um, I don't know. What are some kind of advantages or disadvantages to, to being in a relationship at this point in time? Well, you know, finals are coming up, and that is extremely stressful for all the students. And, um, you know, you can find that maybe you and your partner might be arguing more often at times like these because you're both stressed out all the time. And that's really okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just getting in a disagreement, you know. But it happens, and it's not fun, obviously. It heightens your stress even more sometimes. So. Well, we have this concept, too, that once once it gets cold and, and the nights get, you know, closer in on you and it's darker, uh, we, we, you know, we've heard of seasonal affective disorder, SAD. There's also RAD. RAD is relationship affective disorder. And <laughs> nights get short. So you spend more time in, inside, so you don't have right. as much activity yeah. outside. It's a bit and of a misnomer than stuff. RAD. What's that? It's a I bit like, of a misnomer. I like RAD. Relational affective disorder because, you know, there's not as much sunlight out, so you're not outside as much. It's colder, so you've got to spend more time inside with this person. And exactly. so you actually have to communicate oh, more. Oh, dear God. You can't no. be outside oh. and no oh, traveling boy. around and stuff like that. You've got to communicate more. And you're usually with that person without the other people around sometimes, too, because you're in, you know, exactly. everyone talks about being inside, you know, quicker, at, you know, when the sun goes down. So, you know. Yeah. You say communicate as if we aren't talking before this all happens. Oh, come on. <laughs> come well, on. And you, do, and you do put kind of a negative spin on it. It's cold outside. You're inside. This other person maybe helps keep you warm, which could be good. That's an advantage. Just a first advantage. So, you're, so you're saying there's more sex when the sun goes down? I didn't down? say that. Cuddling. Hey, okay. Cuddling. Okay, right. Yeah. Though sex may be involved. Like the average MSU students uh, do a lot of foreplay and cuddling. You can tell me that, right? I'd, hey, yeah. maybe some of our callers <laughs> let's, let's can give get, us an estimation. Yeah. That's yeah. excellent. That's an excellent point. Again, the number for that, 432-3893. If you've got a comment on that or an answer to our question of the day, of course, the question, want to give it to us one more time? Yeah, the question is, what percent of MSU students have not had sexual intercourse in the past 30 days? Now, one quick thing about that. Uh, how, how are we going to judge this percentage? Do we, within 5%? Uh, yeah, within 5%. Uh, Mark, yeah, well, okay. yeah, 5% is a little yeah. gracious, but I think we can do we that. We can do it. <laughs> we you those prize packs, huh? Yeah, no, no. These <laughs> prize packs are, are, are a hot thing. Even, even it's our, the holidays. We're giving. Even our fans who call us. It's the season of can, giving. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. We got a prize pack. We even put a, you know, uh, something else. A in stocking. Figure out something else. Who knows? <laughs> who knows what Dr. D will pull out of his magic Maybe just one of your old socks. You can put everything in. <laughs> Well, we talked about the, the, the sort of the disadvantages that face that, that affect relationships this season. Of course, you just mentioned a, a good advantage, you know, being being close to someone cuddling. when it's cold at cuddling. Exactly. Oh, yeah. What what other kind of advantages? Well, we, are you know, there? we should get your significant other on the line and ask her how much time you actually spend cuddling, Mr. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, you just throw that at me, huh? Okay, just no. throw so that. So Andrea, go. You know what? Now I'm worried. Now we're in my Get her on the phone. Get her on the phone. Bring it. 
but no, I mean, I let's mean, go. Let's do this. I'm not saying this about Andrew, but sometimes you learn into guys, and they have this the kind of PC line where they they say yeah, cardling and stuff like this. But you know, how much time do people actually spend in that type of intimacy? You know, at night. You mm-hmm. know, and. And what really happens? I think it's stressful sometimes. I really do think it's stressful sometimes when the sun goes down earlier and it gets cold and people have to spend more time indoors mm-hmm. because you do have to kind of face the music. You know? mm-hmm. And I'm not being negative about it. Just put you in closer proximity. And so it's, it's difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you might already be a little bit on edge given the, the timing. Well, so. and you're, Christy's right. You know, you got finals. Mm-hmm. And, and really, I, I bet you people are out there right now thinking, you know, you know i got to go home in two weeks. Mm. You know, I, I got to see the parents, and I got to go back and live in the house, and I got to see Joe, who I broke up with before I came here. You know, and oh my gosh, what have I have I changed? Have I put on weight? Do I look different? You know, all those things. And know. they still need to get Christmas presents too. Yeah, yeah. of course. That's, that. that's so what are you no? Know, you said what are the benefits? Mm-hmm. What are the benefits of having a relationship right now? I think it's somebody that you can share some of those issues with. Um, some of those concerns that are coming up for you in terms of going back to home or what's going on here at school. Um, if it's somebody that you can communicate with, that you have practiced communication with, then, you know, that is someone that can help uh, with, the, with the discussion, with the dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes, uh, particularly for men, and you can attack me for being sexist. Um, <laughs> Bring it. Bring <laughs> it. Let's go. tend to not talk about their feelings. So they keep it in. So sometimes maybe in relationships they may be more open to talking and having someone that will discuss that with them. So men don't talk about their feelings. <laughs> you have a comment about that, that four three two three eighty nine. Three feet away from me, and you're going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Some, Andrew, I, I, I'm going to let off on men. you. And <laughs> later, we'll get into the top twelve ways to <laughs> miss intimacy <laughs> that I deal with. But you know. It, you know, we were we we're not laughing, but we were we we're looking at an article in the state news today too about uh, a column, and there was a young lady saying, you know, that she broke up with her significant other in October, and, and that she's really going to miss having a relationship around the holidays. You know, and and you hear a lot about people being lonely in the holidays. You know, and people who aren't in relationships, and, and you feel for them. You know, but but there, I mean, I think it's because it's a part of that is because what society thinks about being alone. I mean. Is there a difference? Let me ask you. Is there a difference between being alone and being lonely? Yeah, that's I think very so. You can be so. comfortable with being alone. Well, yeah. what, what, yeah. What's the difference then? I mean, what, why why do people equate being alone as being lonely and, and not having, you know, what, what's the difference? I, I think maybe one of the differences is when you're lonely, you're focusing on the fact that you're alone instead of enjoying it maybe. Right. Maybe think, seeing the good parts about being alone. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, like, good. being lonely, you want somebody else. Being alone... Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but I don't. I think right. you're pretty comfortable with it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the word lonely has a negative connotation with it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, whereas being alone, I mean, sometimes it does. Um, people assume you're lonely, but you don't have to be, you know. Sometimes Absolutely. it's nice and relaxing to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> I always like to take the word alone out of my vocabulary and replace it with with myself. Hanging out with myself tonight instead of alone. It just gives a different yeah. spin to it. Like the difference between saying you're, you're thinking out loud and talking to yourself. Yeah. This is it's just healthier. It's a, okay. it's a I get spin. to sit on the couch by myself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Erin is good friends with her inner monologue. <laughs> I, I love myself. And everybody else should love themselves too. <laughs> and we all love you, of course. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think that you can be in a relationship and still be alone. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of people who are in relationships who are lonely and, and, and feel alone. So I think it's something. But we, we don't realize uh, what it means to be alone until we're not with somebody. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that then we start to focus on being lonely. Uh, and, and, and I know it's difficult. But I think you know, one of the things that we say, if you really want to find true intimacy, you've got to face your aloneness. Mm -hmm. You've got to face the fact that you are alone and that, that you really cannot necessarily get your needs met by somebody else. Mm -hmm. You really need to look internally to see what your needs are and, and, and try to meet them yourself. So I think there's a big difference between being alone and lonely. And that's why we were saying that as she was mm -hmm. lamenting in the column in the state news that she has to go home during the holidays alone. Well, I'm hoping you go home to some family. Right. And not exactly. everybody has family. I understand that. But you're going home to family. Just because you don't have a significant other, yeah, somebody you can cuddle alone. with or squeeze mm -hmm. or, or choose to have sex with, doesn't mean that you're alone. Right. No, not at all. And that can be a healthy thing. I mean, I think we were talking about yeah. this before the show started, that you know, the, this article, she says that it's the first time in what she said, four years? Four years. That she yeah. hasn't had somebody at this, you know, maybe it's a good time to have a breather. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think sometimes it can be really, it can be really freeing when you're not in a relationship. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's kind of like, yeah. like, Thank God. I get to make my own decisions. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't have to buy presents. For some people, for that's scary. Though. You save a lot of yeah. money during Christmas. Yeah. It is kind of a, a scary thing, but I think when you get over that that fear of not having that security blanket and mm -hmm. saying, like, you know, I can do this and, and I do have a world of options out there, um, I think when you kind of get over that fear and you move towards the, the positive aspect of having so much freedom, right. um, it can be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and some other positive aspects about it, you could be spending more time with your family or friends, mm -hmm. and you might have, you might see the holidays in a different way, or going home in, in a different way that you haven't seen before. You know, mm -hmm. for the past four years, mm -hmm. you've probably been spending more time with your significant other and less time with your family. Not that that's always bad, but it's it's nice for a change. You know? yeah. Yeah. Depends but, on your family, I guess. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was saying before we came in back to, uh, back in the shop that that. Uh, our culture, our society puts such a negative view on being alone. I mean, mm -hmm. even when you do go home and, you're, and you are alone and not with a significant other, everyone's going to ask you, you know, who are you dating now? Who are you with? Yeah. What's going on? And it's Aunts a, and uncles. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure <laughs> on that. And, and it's funny because I think we'd all agree that relationships can, can have the opportunity to allow us to grow, mm -hmm. but also can stymie us big time from growing. Yeah. So that being alone, but it's kind of like when you're married, you have to have kids right away. Everyone will say, when are you going to have kids? You're going to have kids? You don't have kids? Yay, <laughs> when are you going to have kids? you got to have kids. If you don't have kids, you're bad. You know? It's like society pressure on us, so yeah. sometimes I think mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, we just have to fight that and say, hey, you know, it's great to be alone. Yeah. Hang out just kidding, time. honey. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it is. Oh. It's so we're not getting any callers on that question. So I know. It looks like uh, yeah. our engineer Kevin's uh, working on the phone right there. So hopefully hopefully there's a few coming through. <laughs> now he's shaking his head. Maybe not. So no. get, I'll, let's go with the number one more time. 432-3893. If you have any comments or questions about anything we're talking about tonight, or of course an answer to our question of the day, what uh, what percentage of MSU students have not had vaginal sex in the last 30 days? Okay. Uh, of course, uh, you know if, if you're within about 5% of that, uh, that that number, we'll give you a prize pack courtesy of Olin Health Center. Full we'll of give you condoms. that margin of error. Yeah, exactly. Condoms, holiday flavored lube. I guess you we're going to sweeten it now. We're going to put like three different flavors of lubes in there. Wow, three different Watch flavors. Out. Yeah, it'll be a your stocking will be able to hold all this lube. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can put them in the stocking. There you, you go. Hang them up on there. Eggnog. Yeah, maybe, maybe no one likes the, the flavors <laughs> that we said before. Santa I just got a sort of vision of what eggnog flavored lube would look like. Stop. No, we're mm. not yeah, we're going to stop. It's not a pleasant visual. No, so what? You um. 
You went out and talked to some people. I did, actually. Yeah, I went out uh, just yesterday, and uh, I think Kevin's going to be ready to put that on for us. And second, I went out and just uh, talked to some folks about relationships and asked them a few questions. So go ahead and go ahead and uh, put that on for us right now. This week, the impact took sex on the street to see what MSU students think. First, we asked, what are the biggest turnoffs? Well, I guess I'll just lump them all together and say bad hygiene. Like, you know, bad breath, greasy hair, stuff like that. Either really sloppy drunk or smoker, probably. Cockiness. Like, um, just like a guy being really full of himself and, like, thinking they're really cool. Uh, if they're stupid. Next, we wanted to know, what is the perfect end to a first date? Probably the obvious one. Uh, what, uh, no names are associated, but what is the obvious one? The obvious one would be sex, definitely. Okay. It's been a while since I had one of those. Um, just go on our separate ways and kiss on the cheek. Call you later. I guess the kiss is very traditional. Maybe that's fine. Probably not necessarily a kiss, but maybe a kiss if it was really good. Perfect end to a first date would be a non-awkward goodbye. Well, I don't know, because on the first date, it's always awkward. So a perfect first date would not be awkward. It would just be like a completely normal goodbye. A hug and possibly like setting up a second date. The guy not putting the moves on me. If, uh, if I can get a green card out of her or U.S. citizenship, that for me is ideal. <laughs> and finally, what do you look for in a partner? Either laid back or a sense of humor. I like a girl that just likes to kick back in some sweatpants and just hang out, and then anyone who can laugh or likes to laugh or can make me laugh. Their humor and their vision. Uh, I don't want somebody who likes to sleep all the time. I want somebody who's outgoing and wants to do stuff and will take on challenges. Oh, humor. I think that uh, having a good sense of humor is, is pretty important. Well, I think uh, if you have somebody like me, first of all, you can't take anything too seriously. This has been Sex on the Street. So, yeah, I just uh, took a quick look, and now I have to say that uh, of all the folks that I talked to, the, the quality that they were most looking for that I found was, was sense of humor. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was overwhelming, and the ambition actually was, was a close second. So, Well, now, so we're going to give you a chance. Yeah. Okay, as we go on through the, the rest of the hour here. Uh, we'll be talking about some of this, but I'm going to give you 12 qualities that people like to find in a relationship. And you call in and you tell me what the quality that you rank number one. And don't say they're all equal or <laughs> love, love, love surpasses them all. That's not a methodologically sound answer. No, we don't no, want we, that. We want to rank them. So here they are. Take, get your pencil. Be trust, friendship, mutual respect, good communication. Realistic expectations, shared interest, commitment, ability to face conflict, sexual variety, positive support, love, or humor. Which one of those do you think you would place as the most important in your selection of a mate or in your present relationship? What what is what makes it last? What is it there? So you go over those, and I know you got them all down because you're quick writers. Absolutely. Everyone's ready with pen and paper, ready to go. And Christy's question is still out there, too, is what percentage of MSU students did not have vaginal intercourse in the last month? Uh, that's a good one. Absolutely. I'm kind of curious to know the answer to that myself. But uh, the number, in case you have the answer to either of these questions, 432-3893. And, of course, uh, we'll be giving away uh, some complimentary prize packs thanks to uh, Olin Health Center. So. But, you know, it was, it was interesting because uh, I had a student come in last night who was doing a paper on comprehensive sexuality. 
and she wanted to know, uh, you know, what what entails comprehensive sexuality, and you know what I'm forgetting, what I was going to say. You know, I just had another one of those brain farts. I can say that, right? Sure. Uh, but she came in. We're talking about comprehensive sexuality, and why was I trying to make that point? Oh, I, I asked her. I said, you know, <laughs> sorry about that. It's been a long day. I said, you know, part of comprehensive sexuality is teaching about relationships, because whoever teaches you how to relate to another human being. No one ever sits you down and say, okay, son or daughter, in a relationship, you're supposed to do this, 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 and this, and don't do this, this, and this. Nobody ever really teaches you how. I mean, there's not a relationship 101 in, in K-12. through We don't even get it in college. If you don't get it from your parents, who do you get it from? I mean, who teaches you how to be in a relationship? TV. Teach people. <laughs> CSI, right? Yeah, exactly. How to relate. <laughs> in every version of CSI there's out there. Uh, but who really teaches you how to relate? No one really does it. My cabbage yeah. patch dolls. Your cabbage patch dolls. It's the next best thing. <laughs> but no, go. but seriously, it is it is difficult, especially yeah. when we're talking about um, K through 12. We're talking about abstinence only, mm-hmm. education. Um, you're getting a lot of misinformation from your peers. Certainly. And, um, you know, and you may have the occasional parent that might talk about it, but... Very, very rarely. And in those cases, I think too, even if you are getting good information, it's more physical. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not so much you it's know the emotional. Mechanics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This yeah. goes here. Right. <laughs> yeah. XYZ, you put this on. Right. Yeah. That's what. That's about it. So yeah, I, I don't know who. I mean, you well, there's, there's, there's little. There's very little in our culture that actually teaches how to, teaches us how to positively relate. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. If you look at the media, it's all about how pe- people don't relate and how they're not getting along and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's really little. They don't really. The, the news tonight is, oh, Brittany's getting along great with K-Fed. <laughs> it's not that. No, it's 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 all the negative things about relationships and mm-hmm. how they're breaking up and stuff. There's really not much about how to relate. So it's difficult, and especially around the holidays. I mean, and so there's that added pressure because you know everything in the media and everyone around you talks about. You know, family and getting together and being one, uh, you know, and so it's it's more pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's tough, you know, because um, I forgot what I was going to say. It's sitting too close to me, that's why. <laughs> Shoot. Getting that virus. Oh, kind of... <laughs> so breakups, right? So breakups are always going on in the media, especially with celebrities. You can mm-hmm. read it on all the blogs or in the, you know, in the newspapers and whatever. Um we see all these breakups and we think that, oh, well, you know, if we have a fight, then we have to break up. You know, a lot of people start to equate, well, if everybody else is breaking up, then maybe this fight we had is really more serious than I think. And so then people start to equate arguing with breaking up. And I think that's where we start to have a breakdown in relationships is because people don't know how to argue, Mm -hmm. how to have conversations about things they disagree about and come to a resolution and move forward. And I think that's a huge issue for people is conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Diplomacy. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> Obviously, we don't have the best role models in government either. But uh, <laughs> I always think, to, think of Henry Kissinger when I'm debating with my girlfriend. You know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you know, even even before that, Aaron, and, and, and guys, jump in here. I mean, how do you negotiate getting into a relationship? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's where it all starts. You know, we asked the question: How do you know when you're in a relationship? Uh, how do you know, Wes? I mean, Krista, how, how do you know when you're in a relationship? Do one day you just sit down and say, "We're in a relationship." <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Actually, how do you negotiate that? Yeah, that's uh, the, the relationship I'm in. That's kind of how it came about. We were seeing each other more frequently, and eventually, we just she said to me, uh, "You know, I, I think we should be boyfriend and girlfriend." And you know where this is leading, don't you? What? Am I, am I walking into a trap did, here? Did, did, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, easy, it's easy to do with Dennis. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> did, did you? Uh, 
did you all of a sudden realize you were in a commitment? Did you have a commitment? There was no, there was no communication before that moment, no. But, but at that moment, you decided you were in a commitment, right? Yeah. So what does that mean? What is define commitment for me? Some, I would say that it's someone that uh, you see uh, you know, on a very regular basis, that you enjoy their company you know, when you see them. And but you, you thought at that point you were in a committed relationship, right? I did, yeah. Did you ask her what it, what it means to be in a committed relationship? No, we didn't set ground no, rules, no. no. <laughs> nobody ever does that. Nobody ever, nobody ever sits down and knows what, what it is to be in a committed relationship. And then when, when I see him in therapy or I see him later and I say, well. Therapy. <laughs> oh, Wes. <laughs> oh, I don't like where this is Jess, I'm sorry. But very few people define it. And then when I ask them to define it, you get different answers mm. from, from the two of them. But they'll say that we're in a committed relationship. And I say, well, what does it mean to be in a committed relationship? Well, it's somebody you see all the time and you see quite often and... But you know, uh, and I'll get from, I'll get from men sometimes. Well, it it means that I'm with her right now, and uh, but it doesn't mean it's exclusive. And then then she might say, in, in heterosexual sexual relationships, that she might say, "What do you mean? It's not with me exclusive. Commitment to me means I'm just going to be with you." And then you know, you never define. So that really sets it up in the context mm -hmm. of well, what does this mean? What does it mean to be in a committed relationship? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's really difficult to bring that topic up with um, your partner or future partner because you're always afraid, well, what are they going to think when I'm starting to say this? Am I moving too fast? Mm -hmm. Do they not want to mm -hmm. take this step yet? I just, I'm wondering, what are, like, how so would you go is, about bringing it up? What is it just like... Uh uh, assumption bliss that you know you, 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 <laughs> right? you assume I think we're in a relationship well your Facebook status changes oh, there you yeah, go there Facebook you official go. I mean, yeah. when you get the Facebook invitation to be someone's boyfriend or oh, friend bam you're in that's yes. when you're in but it's funny because I, even, even students nowadays you know, on a daily basis I'll say well are you in a relationship I think we are right and I go what do you mean yeah. you think you are well you know you don't really want to define it because defining means you actually know yeah I mean but I think I, I don't think it's it's maybe something that comes up in conversation where where you it's easy to define if someone else is asking about it. But you know, you know inside yourself if you're in a relationship you or not. You believe you know. Well, yeah, or yeah. you believe you know, and <laughs> you know. But does she know? Or does he know? Well, yeah, but on the opposite side of it too. If 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 they feel like you were talking about the commitment thing, uh, a lot of times if you if it seems like you're in a commitment, feels like you're in a commitment. And then it's not exclusive, and the person on the other side ends up going outside of that commitment. Mm -hmm. A large percentage of the time, they know that they're, what they're doing. <laughs> they know what they're. That they know that they're breaking that commitment. Yeah, well, see, but see, I don't think so. I, I, you know, I'm, you don't you think know. so? No. How come? He's, he's, uh -huh. he, go ahead. Because I think I think sometimes when you set ground rules about whether you're going to be exclusive or not, sometimes. But who does that? I just got, Christy just got done yeah. saying we don't do that. No, no, don't no, that's not, that. no, would you let me finish my <laughs> Okay, so when you set ground rules, fine, both parties know, right? You've, you've discussed it. But if you don't discuss it and you make assumptions, one person is always going to be more committed than the other. That's always the, always the way it is in relationships. One person always has more commitment than the other. And what happens then? The person with the least commitment right. has the most power. Right. right. Yeah, that's true. So they may step out of that outside of that relationship, but it was never a defined relationship in the first place. And that's the problem. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if they do step outside of that relationship, a lot of times they know what they're doing is going to hurt the other person if they feel like they have the power in the relationship. But yeah. they don't always feel like they have the power. I mean, that comes down to power and control yeah. kind of stuff, and people yeah. may not know that they have so much power until they're told that they have 
X amount of power. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you have 14% yeah. power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were standing at 56% of this place. Well, Aaron made the most profound statement that that I think we try to get across to everybody. The person who is least committed has the majority of the power. And think about it. The person who is least committed, because the other person may be more committed, and they'll do anything they can to get the other person more committed. But my question Mm -hmm. to you, Andrew, and the rest of the panel, is what does it mean to be in a committed relationship? And any of you chicken listeners out there uh, who, yeah, I'm challenging the listener because you're chicken tonight because you don't want to talk about relationships because you're all afraid of them. Uh, Colin, what is it? it, Oh, I can't do calls to action. Sorry about that. I just broke another rule. So call in if you might. Uh, What does it mean to be in a committed relationship? 432-3893 Four three two three eighty nine three is the number. Well, if you got the answer, yeah. What does it mean to be in a committed relationship? And, and I dare you to turn to that significant other that's with you and ask that question. But don't call me tomorrow when you're sad because you don't have the same answer. And that's what I'm saying. People don't define that when they go into it. What does mm-hmm. it mean to be in this relationship? What does it mean to be committed? That scares the heck out of people. People do a lot of things based on fear, and one of those things is neglecting to discuss what happen- what's going on with someone else because they're afraid that they may be moving too fast, right. mm-hmm. or it's moving too fast for them, and they just aren't sure. They aren't willing to share their actual yeah. feelings. So they're like, well, maybe we should be exclusive. Mm-hmm. Or you don't want to jeopardize what do you something. Think about if, that? if things are uncertain, <laughs> you may not know. You may have worse consequences by asking. Right. Too. I'm sure that's a real fear. Right. Out there. Or mm-hmm. maybe they don't want to know that the other person has as much feelings as they do. Maybe they mm-hmm. have a feeling about it, but they don't want to know. So maybe it's maybe bliss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, you could feel you don't want to get rejected when you you're all ready to be in a relationship and. You're about to ask the person, they're like, no, I don't want to be committed. Like, right. that's, that's a sad You just rather live in Especially when they laugh. No, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Ray. I don't want to know. I want to live in my fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to just believe yeah. we're in a committed relationship right. and everything's going fine. So why up well, yeah, that's, that's not good either. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm just, just speaking so as a frustrated relationship counselor of past where mm-hmm. when you ask these, these questions of people, they say, no, we... We never did that. Or, or what is the definition of a commitment? Most people think a commitment is forever. Mm-hmm. That you want you going. It's like marriage. People think marriage. Uh, you should go into marriage thinking it's going to last forever. Now, now, I'm really going to piss off the listeners here. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should go to marriage thinking it's going to last forever. I think you should go into marriage hoping it's going to last forever. But a commitment is a now process. Mm-hmm. Too many people look at marriage like they look at tenure. Once you get tenure, you have it for life, and you don't really have to work at it. Now I'm going to piss off the faculty. <laughs> You don't really have to work at it. You got Challenging it. our listeners and pissing off faculty. I love well, it. This point, calling in. I should have never went This is our that. last exposure. This is an aggressive <laughs> exposure. That's all right. I got a job offer. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is, people go into marriage thinking it's going to last forever. So a lot of them don't work at it. Just like tenure. People get tenure, and, and unless you do something grievous, you're not going to lose tenure. Same with marriage. I think you should go into marriage as a now process, and commitment is a now process. It doesn't mean it's going to last forever. But I still think that people need to define what commitment is. Yes. I mean, let alone the other words that you know I go on a rant about, which is intimacy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's my other word we'll talk about in a minute, too. But mm-hmm. what else? What else? <laughs> what else? <laughs> I, know. I love that commitment is a now process because it's so important for people. I think... A lot of times as college students, um, I'm relating just a few years ago when I was a college student, you're always thinking about the future. Where, what am I going to do next? What, ne- what's my next class? Where am I going from here? What kind of career am I going towards? Mm-hmm. You're always on this tunnel vision kind of straightforward path to, to whatever your future goal is. And you forget about 
what you're experiencing while you're here. Right. Um, and the relationships that you have and, and the experiences you're creating, memories you're creating, and things like that. And so I think it's important that we do remember to live in the now. Because mm-hmm. the now is all you really have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, I think about every relationship. We were, we were kidding Andrew before we came on here because he's been now two years now with your, your significant other. Over two years, yeah. Over two years. And, you know, when you go into a relationship, what's the first thing that really kind of gets you going? It's the passion of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And passion mm-hmm. gets really, really high. And we all know, yeah. especially those of us who have been in relationships a long time, that passion doesn't last forever. But what needs to replace that as passion goes down? I know we got a caller. You're just going to wait. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> when, when passion wow. goes down, what do you need to s- survive? What are the two things you need to survive? Intimacy. You need intimacy? What else? Sense of humor. Well, you need... (laughs) (laughs) There's three factors in a relationship that make it work. Uh, Passion, which you start out, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't last very long. Commitment and intimacy. And if you don't have a commitment where you really talk about it and you feel good about it and it's a now process and you don't develop the intimacy, it's doomed to failure because passion will only take you so far. We all know that. But I guess we should go to the caller. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let, now, now be nice, Doctor. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're on the air with uh, sex exposure. Go ahead. You better be nice to me. This is Casey. I work for you. Oh, <laughs> oh Casey. <laughs> hey, Casey. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? So you're going to answer a question. You're going to give me a hard time. <laughs> um, Please do both. A little bit of each. Okay. There we go. So what is what is your answer so- to the question then? I actually, you know what, I just called in to talk about uh, the theater troupe. Theater troupe. Oh. So I'm not even in Lansing, and I'm in my car, so I don't even have a computer. I don't know what the question is. Casey, what's the most important characteristic of a relationship for you? Mm, I would say, for me personally, Mm. I would say loyalty. Loyalty. Mm. I won't have you define that. Because okay. I know you're in the car, and I don't want you talking on the phone when you're in the car. Driving. I'm part. Okay. <laughs> She's setting such a good example. Assumptions, assumptions. There you go, making assumptions, yeah. Well, why, don't you, why don't you say uh, about the theater troupe? Um, I just wanted to let everybody know that we are having auditions for the theater troupe on January 14th at 6 p.m. Now go ahead and tell us what theater troupe is for those of us that don't know. The theater troupe is a troupe of actors. We go around to dorms and we do some events on campus. And we do about 10 skits about sexual health and relationships and pretty much everything that we talk about on this show. So if you're a listener of the show, you might enjoy having a a chance to get out there and spread what we do. And you have to be committed. (laughs) (laughs) What's the location of the... the, uh... It's right, it's right at Olin Health Center. It'll be on the second floor in the classroom, and we'll have people at the front door to help you find where it is, because I know that building can get kind of tricky. <laughs> so, and true. it's just cold readings and maybe some improv. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the good thing about our theater troupe is that you don't have to be an actor in order to get involved. We're just looking for people who are wanting to have fun and who are outgoing. and Who can memorize a few lines, right? Yeah, and you can yeah. talk about sex on stage in front yes. of people. Yeah, <laughs> comfortable, you know, talking about sex in front of hundreds of people, <laughs> if not thousands. Yes, it'll be a good time. So January fourteenth, six p.m. Olin Health Center auditions, right? Yep. And if anybody has any questions, they can email me at inyourfacetheater at gmail dot com and theater spelled T H E A R E A T R E R E. Got it. All right. The English spelling exactly very proper. Uh, well, thanks a lot for calling. Thanks, Let Casey. us know about that. All right. No problem. All right. Take care. See you, Casey. Bye. Bye. 
Oh, the theater troupe. The theater troupe has a lot of relationship um, skits that they do. Some pretty funny ones. Too, I bet, so. yeah. Well, we're talking cool. about we're talking about relationships now, and uh, oh, I got some sour faces looking at me like, please don't call me. Uh, <laughs> but we're talking about intimacy. You know, we, you know the, I think that there's some terms, and, and people think I get too clinical about this, and that no, it takes all the fun out of it and the passion out if you define it. But let, let's talk about this word intimacy that, that's bandied around a lot, you know, and people say, you know, it's funny because when I used to teach human sexuality, I once had, uh, I was about to go on a racquetball court, and one of my students ran up to me and said, uh, Dr. Martell, Dr. Martell, I was intimate last night. I said, I said what do you mean? You know, and she did one of these signs where she put her hand oh, in no. her <laughs> fingers, and I said, that is not intimacy, necessarily. <laughs> that is called intercourse. You know? But we use that word all the time, that, that the only Why way you can be... That? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought she, you know, I don't know, maybe she scored and she felt good. Because uh, <laughs> women can score too, you know. Uh, she she you know, equated intimacy, and a lot of people equate intimacy, because even, even in counseling, in HIV counseling, mm-hmm. people say, you know, I was, I was intimate last night. I was like, well, you, you, you sat and saw the sunset? No, 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 no. You know, we we had, you know, we did it. And oh, you did what? You saw sunset? No, no. <laughs> we had intercourse. You know, finally they get around to saying it. But that. Uh, tell me about your thoughts about intimacy and what they mean to you. Yeah, I think it's mistaken a lot for um, being intimate only physically. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone really thinks about um, emotionally being intimate. Um, Mentally, spiritually, all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it can really, I mean, being intimate, like such a uh, broad term, it really could go for anything. You could be intimate in, you know, with your friends, with your parents, with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways. I think it just comes to, down to feeling comfortable with another person. Yeah, some kind of connection. Yeah. 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 I mean, being intimate can even involve the most embarrassing things you, you have about yourself. The people that you feel comfortable telling telling those sort of things mm-hmm. that's that's a form of intimacy as just an example yeah absolutely it's about so much more than what you do physically with someone else i mean it's 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 really about that connection that you have whether it's sharing you know going to a concert together or a, a road trip or just it's sharing a, a treasured memory that part you of have yourself with really yeah mm-hmm. you know? i mean well, it could be yeah. sharing something like a, a secret very you may intimate have. with yourself exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yes. Not alone. No, no, not alone. <laughs> Don't go there, Aaron. <laughs> but, but it is. I think you all said it. You all kind of defined it. It's a warm, personal knowing of somebody else. You spend time with somebody else. And it doesn't have to be. I mean, we've, we've identified like 12 different types of intimacy. There's work intimacy. I mean, I think folks at the impact would say that they have, they have intimate moments when they're working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's creative intimacy. You know, people who play in a band or, or, or who do art together and stuff like that. There's spiritual intimacy. People who go to church and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, there's aesthetic intimacy. You know, you like to go out and see, you know, uh, share certain things like, you know, my wife may not necessarily like to go see sunset, so I'll go with somebody who really appreciates them. You know, there's all different types of intimacy. But the truest form of intimacy is communication. I mean, do you know, do you know somebody, do you, and you all can don't name names, but do you know somebody you really feel like you can communicate with that actually listens to you uh, and that will hear you and that you can talk back and respects you and lets you talk and say your stuff? I mean, the truest form of intimacy is somebody that you can really communicate with, not just mm-hmm. talk at, but that hears you. The family dog. <laughs> Could be the family dog. Mm-hmm. Never talks that's back. True. <laughs> <laughs> Mine sometimes does. But, <laughs> but I mean, that's the truest form of intimacy. And But people, people are afraid of intimacy, mm-hmm. you know? 
they, they tend to uh, want to avoid it at times. Why are you looking right at me when you say that? <laughs> yes, what do you know about her, Dr. D, that Russ is down? I have the rules for being for avoiding intimacy uh, here that, that I'll just uh, give you. And I, haven't might co- describe I haven't collected these from Aaron, but I think some of these, you know, the rules to avoid intimacy, these are uh, the top ones. Always be pleasant. Uh, above all, do not express anger. Because if you express anger, you, 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 know, you can't be close. Uh, when conflict threatens, withdraw. Because as, as you're saying, nobody, people aren't taught to, to actually argue. You know, they're just taught to uh, just kind of withdraw. Uh, always keep busy. Make work. Because you've got to get ahead. You know, it's just the way it is. Uh, never lose control. If you lose control, you're going to lose intimacy. Don't show you're human. Uh, look out for number one. Uh, that, that works. That's really good intimacy. Uh, schedule your time and stick to it. Remember, time is money. That's a good way to avoid intimacy. Mm-hmm. Always stand firm. Don't back down and negotiate. You know, stand your point. When things go wrong, find someone to blame. That's a rule to avoid intimacy. Don't tell other people what you want and expect from them. Right, Christy? But have high expectations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. When you find something you don't like in someone, try and change it. That's a rule to avoid <laughs> intimacy. <laughs> Insist on doing things the way your parents did. That, that'll that really create intimacy oh, yeah. in your relationship. Nothing healthier than that. Right. <laughs> and the, the last one, which I, I love, assume you know and understand others better than they understand themselves. That's a psychologist complex. Well, that's, that's my wife always blames me for that. <laughs> of course, we're not advocating any of these things. We're, we're no, no, we're saying these are rules to avoid intimacy. Yes, which to, is not a, not a healthy thing. Uh, really, the, the, the art of intimacy, some of the things yeah. you need to do to, for the art of intimacy, uh, which we have written down, too, since our callers are chicken tonight. <laughs> don't, want it, don't want that, uh, that prize pack. But the art of intimacy, to really start, and we, we talked about some of this already, uh, and when I say this, I'm afraid I'm going to get some laughter from the panel, but become intimate with yourself. Hey, we were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Wes yeah. and I advocate that. Absolutely. I mean, but, but it's, yep. it's more than being sexual with yourself. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really learning to There's learn more. That's what I was trying to say. I get to sit on the couch with myself tonight. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> which comes to the second one, which is? Face your aloneness. To be human means to accept the burdens and joys of becoming an individual. It's so true. It's so true. Not being in a relationship can be a very freeing process for mm-hmm. people. Aloneness different from loneliness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, the third one, learn to listen. Give up having the answers and take up listening. I think that's very important, and listening is something that's really difficult sometimes. You don't even know you're not listening mm-hmm. half the time. I think know? it's something that sounds obvious, but you really... Exactly. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> 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 Sorry, that was inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, talk straight. Take off masks and risk being known. Say what you feel, want, and what pleases and displeases you. And, and it goes back to our conversation before about people assuming they know what their partner wants instead of asking. You know, you, you make a lot of uh, faulty mistakes by just assuming what they do. And, and it, it really does not take out the mystery and the magic of a relationship to say, uh, and what do you want? What would you like? You know, how do you feel about this? You know, we always kind of assume. Uh, the next one is to choose intimacy. You really have to choose to 
time to be intimate. You know, you can't mm -hmm. just say, as we're running to McDonald's to get a Happy Meal, let's be intimate. <laughs> no, you really have to choose time to, mm -hmm. to do that mm -hmm. because it, it, you need to set aside time. And you can't assume that the other person always wants to be intimate. Mm -hmm. I mean, that can be very violating, right. you know. So to, to bring up an intimate conversation or, or that kind of thing, when the other person kind of isn't expecting that, it can be kind of jarring. So having a conversation about... Just pick choosing time. And it's nice to look something to look forward to. I and mean, if you're going out to your favorite restaurant together, that's something, you know, you look th forward to that throughout your day. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. Yeah. So next, you have to take your time. Mm -hmm. Intimacy mm -hmm. does take nurturing. It, it nurtures. It's not like, hey, let's go do this together and it'll be fun because we'll both like it. No, it does. It takes time. You have to grow into it. Absolutely. Yep. Um, pick carefully. Is that I'm not really sure what that means. Though. <laughs> well, you do. You, you have to pick carefully about what you, what you're choosing to be intimate about, who you're going to be with. You know, it's just once again, you have to okay, yeah. you have to be careful about yeah. that. Yeah, high expectations, I think, is something you mentioned earlier. You know, you don't want to settle. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, my that that's my mother. Yeah. My mother says that all the time. Don't settle. I was worried you were going to say she does settle, but that's no, that's no, much no. better advice. No, no, no. She, oh, good. Her good. advice is always don't, don't settle. Yes. Picking on your mom. Now Take what you can <laughs> get. On the holidays. And, the very, and, and I think the last one is, is really do, you have to expect to be afraid. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's, it's fearful being intimate with somebody because you're really kind of being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You're laying yourself out to someone and saying, you know what, this is really what matters to me. This is what cares about me. Or you're saying, this is what I like to do. Would you like to do it too? You got to be expect to be afraid. Kind of a positive spin on that. I think that's something exciting about a relationship too. That you do have to put things out there and kind of hope for the best coming back. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> we should go into PR. We're going to give West. <laughs> we're going to give West the prize back tonight. Yeah, he's PR and marketing for relationships I knew over I, there. Yeah, I know I came into work for some reason. <laughs> so we never got an answer to this this question about. No, who hasn't had sex in the last thirty years? Yeah, I've been I've been dying to know the answer to this. The question, of course, what uh, percentage of MSU students have not had vaginal intercourse in the last thirty days? Uh, should we, we should, uh, should we open this present? Tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Can we tell it? Sure. We only got fifteen right. minutes left. Let's do it. Okay. Well, the answer is actually forty nine percent of MSU students have not had sex in the past month. So that's a pretty large number. I think yeah. a lot of people assume that everyone's doing it all the time. Mm -hmm. when you're in Multiple relationship. partners. Yeah. <laughs> all weekend long. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Now, Dr. D, that's something we're we were talking about on Friday. We're watching too many episodes of Animal House. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that on Friday, though, the, the perception versus the reality. Oh, yeah. is. No, mm -hmm. no it's, yeah. it's, it's a huge misperception. You know? and, and I think that does put pressure on people to get into situations where they necessarily don't want to be. I think people sometimes get into relationships because they think everyone's in relationships, too. And, and they, they do it prematurely. It's mm -hmm. like... You know, I, I got to be happy to be in a relationship when I know some people who have gotten out of relationships who, who once they get over that initial, oh my God, I'm not with somebody, go, it feels pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> I like my single life. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be worried about that. I don't have to be responsible for that. You know, mm -hmm. and it feels good. I mean, right. I, I embrace that for right. people mm -hmm. who find that. Because yeah. At times I've been single, the question sometimes comes back, why? Well, you know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think there are all kinds of, you know, society wants you to accept their answers for for their reality. And that rea that answer is, you know, if I'm in a relationship, you better be in one, too. Oh, yeah. So and if you're not, why aren't you? Uh, right. you know. Oh, yeah. People in relationships, when you're single and you're with other people that are in relationships, they get kind of like, well, what's it like to be single? Mm. Well, you can't possibly be having fun because right. I'm having more fun. I'm, I'm going to set you up because you need to be in a relationship, <laughs> right. too. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 It's the only way you can go out with them. Right. Blind yeah. dates. 
Uh, best thing ever. No. Yeah. No, but to go back to the, the intimacy thing and, and people kind of rushing into stuff, um, I love when you were doing the man on the street thing, the question about the end of the first date. Mm, yeah. And you asked six different people, and five of them had nothing to do about sex. It right, wasn't, the right. end was not about sex. It was about maybe a kiss on the cheek or not an awkward goodbye mm-hmm. or... It was a little unfair. It was, it was the one guy. The one right. guy was like... Well, well I think we all know how we want to. He was actually yeah. the, first, the first person I talked to as well. Right off the bat, I said, well, geez, maybe this is going to be the trend. But no, I mean, I talked to a lot more people than just those six. And, you know, a lot of times the answer was just either, you know, maybe a hug or a, a second date was actually a pretty common one, too. Just what's the perfect end to a first date? A second date. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that guy was actually talking about perception. You know, he was like, mm-hmm. he, he perceived yeah. that all guys want this. Yeah, that's you know, true. That, that's the yeah. perfect end. Which I don't think is true at all. I mean, you know, it's just not. But this is actually, in fact, that was the same guy that, that uh, later on said that the uh, the quality he looks for is someone he can just hang out with. He's the, like I mentioned, you know, the hanging out in sweatpants. sweatpants. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he, that was the same guy. So, you know, maybe it is a difference between perception and reality. Well, you know, and if, we, if we were to get uh, some answers to the, you know, the 12 different qualities, I mean, you know, I do that in my class a lot. I have people actually rank order them. You know, they have to rank order them from 1 to 12. And it's really interesting because they all rank order them thinking, you know, do, do I have to say this out loud? And, and they're all like, they'll, they'll start off by saying, mine's probably different than everyone else's. And, and then they find out that everybody really wants the same th- basically the same thing. You know, and you and I were talking, you know, a couple of days, two, three days ago about what are the qualities. And, and we kind of found it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the qualities that we find that really make a relationship laugh are humor. Yeah. You know, uh, shared interest. Uh, friends, uh, commitment. Sometimes love is in the top five, but people have a hard time defining what love Seems is. It's kind of broad, I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. And, and sexual variety usually comes in like ninth or tenth. You know, you'll get one guy who'll say, "Yeah, sexual variety. Right. That's all I want." No, but really, it is. You know, <laughs> With and, that voice too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a bark. Sexual variety. <laughs> and it's funny because. It, it was once asked uh, on a radio when my wife was on with me. They they turned the tables on her and asked her, "So what what do you like best about Dennis?" And she, I was expecting to say, you know, my my debonair looks or my mm-hmm. my academic prowess or Charm, all this money yeah. guy. And she said, "He makes me laugh." That was it. She said nothing else after that. I said, "Come on, give me more do that." So she said, she, he makes me laugh. And, and, and then it, it hit me, and this was about 10 years ago, that really that's what people want. You know, they, they, want, they want to enjoy, they want to feel comfortable, they want, they want to laugh because humor is really important. It is. Telling lame jokes. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the number one response. And she I looks got. right at me. She's yeah. like, telling <laughs> lame jokes. But I wanted to go back to because we talked about commitment, and I, and I passed over this because I we also had the top ten signs of a committed relationship, uh, and those are uh, when they continue the relationship over over long periods of time, even when you are apart, uh, and make and discuss plans for the future as a couple. They trust you with with secrets he or she doesn't want anyone else to know. I always include you when talking about the future. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a sure sign if uh, they're not committed, if they don't include you in the future plans. Yeah, when you say my next girlfriend, yeah, that doesn't really sound yeah. <laughs> well for the future. <laughs> stays with you even when the chips are down, makes a special effort, uh, effort to spend time with you, has stayed faithful to you even uh, throughout the relationship, enjoys your company more than anyone else's. That's an interesting one. Uh, cares for you even when you're acting hurtful, is willing and able to express his or her thoughts to you. Uh, so, you know, th- these are signs that if your relationship is committed. Now, I always like this one. Your relationship is going nowhere. <laughs> As he's looking yeah. at me. 
No, no. <laughs> what a tension between you two tonight. I'm wondering what that's no. all about. We talk about relationships a lot. But, <laughs> we do. So, keep this in mind, listeners of Impact, of Sex Exposure. Your relationship is going nowhere if your partner lies to you about important things. Is, uh, is, uh, is uh, insensitive to your feelings. Doesn't trust you. Acts rudely to you. Doesn't accept you as you are. You know, and a lot of these things, people kind of laugh them off and say, well, boys will be boys or girls will be girls. But these are some of the things that, that really, your relationship probably isn't going very far if you have these. Refuses to make sacrifices in the best interest of your relationship. Doesn't respect your values. Uh, doesn't take you out in public. That's a sure <laughs> sign. <laughs> you stay <Yeah>. home. <laughs> <laughs> you stay home. I'm going out. Yeah. Ignores you in social settings. Doesn't like to hear about your problems. I mean, if some of those fit your relationship, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to take a you know a, a good introspective mm-hmm. look at what's going on there. Because I think sometimes people put up with too much uh, because they need to save the relationship, be in the relationship, uh, put on the face of the relationship. When you know, really, as much as you want to believe that this is the only person in the world for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could talk another two hours about how relationships are all about proximity. Mm. I mean, it, it, when you're in this certain geographical area and you're in proximity of a person, that becomes the one person when maybe in Tucson, Arizona, you're going to find somebody else. That's the perfect person for me. So, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of people out there that, that uh, would be in relationships or want to be in relationships. I think, I think one of the, the biggest pieces of advice you gave earlier was about choosing wisely, mm-hmm. you know, and not rushing into relationships. Because I think oftentimes with this tunnel vision kind of future uh, type of generation that we have, it, we forget that there are so many options. And Dennis and I were talking about this earlier. You know, sometimes we get into this tunnel vision and we just, everything else, you know, doesn't matter. We don't have to explore any other options because this is the option that we've chosen and this is the path we were going to go on. And I think being open to possibility and, and not rushing into things is really important. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the, uh, the, the, you asked about the turnoffs in a relationship. Yeah. It was really interesting that you know, a lot of people, a lot of people really want laid back people. People don't want people that, that you know, are too intense. And, and, and the one guy said, uh, stupid people. Well, <laughs> <laughs> none of us really want stupid people. He uh, went on to define that as uh, stu- saying stupid things and doing stupid things. That was his oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. sounds like a Nobody's, winner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It seems oh, like yeah. he was thinking of something specific when he said that. Yeah, he kind of got a faraway look in his eyes. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we, know, we know he's not stupid. So what, what advice would you have for people that, that are going into the holidays or, or are going home uh, and trying to deal with some of the stuff? You know, it, I'm always asked around this time what advice you give to people who are feeling alone, mm-hmm. uh, who are fe- or I should say lonely, not alone, who are feeling lonely at times. What, what advice would you give to them at all? I think honor your feelings. Um, I think it's it's really important that sometimes we uh, we disregard what we're actually feeling and try and cover it up and, and do other things. And I think it's important to, to face your aloneness and to talk about it. You know, find someone that you can share, um, you know, a, a conversation with, whether it's over coffee or whatever. Um, find someone you can talk with about it that you trust. Well, and look for the positives in your aloneness and, and look look at the options that it opens up for you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, you know, spend time with your family during the holidays if you have one. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think once you do all that, you'll find out you really aren't alone. You know, there's so many people out there. There's so many friends, family members, whoever you have in your life doesn't, you know, they're not, having a relationship doesn't need to take place, you know, 
right then and there all the time. So I usually tell people too. I think all all this is good. I usually tell people you you're really only alone in your thoughts. You're not alone necessarily in the world. You're not alone physically, spiritually. Uh, you know uh, any of those realms. You're only alone in your thoughts. And, and if you wanna if you wanna exist there, that that's you will feel alone and feel lonely. I think you just need to reach out. You know, life is good for the most part. You know, in the moments you will feel moments of loneliness. And during the holidays, I think, you know, uh, try to try to be introspective about it all. Try to to realize that you know when you when you were young, you didn't worry too much about being with other people. You know, uh, we always talk about the, the, the psychology and, and theory of, of as kids grow, and you really were kind of alone then. But you didn't really you didn't really weren't lonely. It's just society has taught that if you're not with somebody, that it's lonely. And, and I do realize a lot of people have lost loved ones uh, over the holidays, and, and that's tough. Uh, but uh, you know, try to be uh, introspective and reach out, reach out with your feelings, reach out with with uh, communicating with people. Yeah, like volunteering at different places and stuff might be something to help you deal with that if if you feel like uh, you need to make a connection. I know it's it's nice to be out and about during the holidays and and yeah. uh, just try to make a connection with people. Like we were saying earlier too about you know having being staying in because it's so cold out and all this. Agree, you know, great way to get out and you know yeah feel like you're getting involved with something. You know, when I when I retire. I, I want to become a grocery clerk. I want I want to work at like a Myers or something. So why and is I, that? No, I do. I, I want to be able to. Have, people are mind. checking out. <laughs> people are checking out. Just talk to them, you know, and talk to them and, and ask them how they're doing and how's your day going and really mean it. I mean, actually listen to the people there and just think how much how you can help people breach that loneliness by just grabbing onto them for a second or so. And that's, I think Andrew's mm-hmm. suggestion is good. Yeah. Now go volunteer. Go out in the street. I mean, don't, don't, don't accost anybody. Talk to me. You know, you can do that. You know, we, we were talking about caroling. Yeah. Uh, I used to love to carol when I was younger because you'd go out there and people would have this big smile on your face, you know, and, and you just, you touch people that mm-hmm. way by, by communicating with them. So Figuratively. Can, and the malls are packed. <laughs> go to the mall. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there are a lot of options, and you know, I think it, it's just so important that that you do stay positive, that you find those ways to connect with people when you can, and um, and just be you. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. That's all I think you do. Yeah. So what are, what do we got coming up next uh, uh, year? I should say we will be back on January eighth. Mm-hmm. January eighth, the first Tuesday of classes right. at seven p.m. It will be a surprise show. Oh, you're guys. looking right at me when you say that. It makes me it's nervous. Gonna be, it's it's going to be a dun, dun, whopper. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> you may have so, yeah. lots of guests. We, you know, after Christmas, we, we all get, you know, gifts and toys, so we may bring some of them here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, so far you guys have made me taste uh, flavored lube and then apply a condom to uh, sex toys, so I can't imagine what's next. Watch out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are... things out that we'll bring in. Who knows what's <laughs> in store for the second semester? Oh, dear God. Uh, <laughs> and we also, in in February, we also have uh, coming up... Uh, Eating Disorder Awareness Week and... Some healthy sexuality events. Mm-hmm. Lots, lots on the plate. So and we'll remind we, uh, more of that stuff in January. Oh, yes. I can't wait. Uh, Give well, yourself a good holidays. Absolutely. Well, we're just about out of time here on Sexposure. I want to thank everyone for listening, for me and for the folks uh, for here from Olin. I want to say thanks for, for coming by. Uh, go State tonight. Go absolutely. State game. Go State. Oh, go yeah, Green. Uh, no, go White, anybody? Go, go white. white. There we go. That's <laughs> what I like Sorry. <laughs> 
We're going to leave you tonight. Uh, our engineer, Kevin, uh, who, of course, dutifully runs this show each and every week, uh, cooked up a little promo for Exposure and Sexposure as well. We're going to throw that on for your listening enjoyment before we turn things over to the Progressive Torch and Twang. So, again, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you again here next week. Tuesday, 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 from 7 to 8 p.m. It's Impact Exposure. Live on 88.9 FM. Tune in and hear interviews from some of the best student groups and community event coordinators on the planet. Listen in awe and amazement as world champion host Wes takes on up to four guests at a time. Get all the latest info on what's happening in your community each and every Tuesday. Tuesday, with Impact Exposure. But wait. That's not all! Did you think we were done? On the first Tuesday of every month, exposure transforms into sexposure! Hold on to your seat. Wes is teaming up with Dr. D to answer all your questions about sex. Sex! Call in and win sweet prizes from Olin Health Center. Call in and win! Cheer and excitement. Dr. D crushes all sex-related myths. Carnage. And did we mention prizes? Impact exposure! Only on Impact! 89 FM. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.